Welcome to day number nine. It's the Views from Section 400 Bulmus Special. And we got a pretty good one here today. FSU taking on Georgia. The best game that isn't the top four uh, national semifinal, right? Like, I mean, this is probably the best game on paper. Probably have some good juice because, you know, Florida State got snubbed, obviously the undefeated season. The committee made their decision based on uh, not having the star quarterback at the spot, which is, uh, you know, obviously going to be a debate for a long time. But other than that, the decision's been made and, and that's kind of, you know, they're, they're not going to see a lot of heat because of that expansion next year. It'll kind of already be settled with that. But, yeah, we do have a special guest today. Big Florida State fan Joe has joined us. Unfortunately, audio only because his camera did break after the Florida State decision. But, Joe, we will introduce you. What's going on, man? How you doing? Given the circumstances, doing pretty well. I appreciate you guys having me on. Um, you know, wish we were talking about this as one of the college football playoff games and not as the Orange Bowl on the outside looking in. And, you know, I'm sure Georgia fans can empathize with that, but I grew up in Tallahassee going to all the home games, a couple away games, seeing them play in multiple natties. Um, went to a couple games this year, so about as well-versed on Florida State history as uh, I guess any other North fan out there. Live and breathe Garnet and Gold, so always been a huge Florida State fan. Always been a huge fan. Well, I might as well just go right in there and tear the Band-Aid off. So obviously the, the major story is Florida State getting snubbed. I'm, I'm sure you know Jack's stance as he's wearing his Florida State beanie. Matt has been more on the side of obviously they don't have the starting quarterback, didn't have a big enough win in that ACC title game to prove they deserved in. I've kind of been in the middle, more leaning towards they shouldn't be in. But I want to give you, you know, your your couple minutes of fame here. Convince me why this team should have been in the college football playoff. Yeah, so uh, first and foremost, Brian, I just want to mention how much I empathize and feel for the kids on the team. Um, these players and coaches that kind of got unprecedentedly hosed by the committee, which, you know, I'll get into in a little bit. But I would be remiss if I didn't first acknowledge the amazing season that they did have. Because a lot of these kids, you know, are guys who took a leap of faith to commit and buy into a program that went three and six under head coach Mike Norvell's first season. So, you know, they come in, put in the work every day. They, you know, do what they're told to get better, what you want any kid to do. And, you know, they achieved that ultimate goal, the undefeated season amidst an incredible amount of adversity. I mean, you know, this is an offense that's been banged up all year. First, it was Jordan Travis's shoulder. Then you're at NFL guys like Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson and Jaheim Bell missed time with nagging injuries. So it's not like this isn't a team that hasn't had to lean on other segments and position groups to win throughout the year. And they responded by winning every single game that they played because football is the ultimate team game. It's not just about one player like the committee wants you to think. A lot of this is truly idyllic because, you know, this is exactly what you teach kids that play sports at a young level, at any level, really, that this sport, especially football, you know, is a team game. So, you know, now all of these core values that we try to teach young athletes and the purity of college football have kind of been rendered irrelevant by a committee of guys sitting in a room with you could say a vested interest in what teams make the playoffs almost solely due to tv ratings because espn does host the first two games so you know you've had some pundits even say it it's not like the espn 
and host a playoff without having an SEC participating. And I can elaborate on that further, but um, let's just focus on how the committee has chosen the top four in the recent years. So for the past decade, the committee has told us and routinely chosen to put the quote unquote most deserving teams in the top four. Deserving being the operative word. So we can go back to just last year. TCU was an underdog in their own conference championship game to a three-loss Kansas State team. By the way, they lost the game. They lost the game to Kansas State, but yet proceeded to get seeded higher than Ohio State, who we all knew was better than TCU, even though they lost the Big 12 championship. So it's it's never been about the best four teams in the country. It's always been about the most deserving. Nobody thought that that 2021 Cincinnati team was worth anything and you know nobody thought that they were best four team in the country but guess what they went 13 and 0 they had an out of conference win against Notre Dame they were deserving of it so they did everything that was asked of them and the committee put them in even though we all knew that they would proceed to get dominated by Alabama and that's exactly what happens so what you had happen this year was you have the committee who thought Georgia was the best team in the year or the best team in the country all year long. Um, they lost their first game in two years to a one loss Alabama game or mm-hmm. Alabama team who, by the way, was ranked eighth by the committee just that previous Tuesday. So they're kind of at a standstill. You know, you can't put Georgia in over Alabama because, you know, damage just beat them in the conference championship game. And you can't let Alabama jump Texas for that fourth spot because Bama lost to Texas at home by double digits. So the committee is kind of sitting here hoping against hope that Florida State without Jordan Travis is going to lose one of these last two games. And I think this is where the narrative that Florida State is a different team comes from. I don't get how you have a team that the committee just ranks seventh and eighth on Tuesday jump an undefeated power five conference champion to the third and fourth spots just that Saturday after, after, you know, that power five team won their conference championship. So if the reasoning is that FSU is a different team without Jordan Travis, why didn't we get dropped in the rankings after Travis was hurt? We were still number four before the Florida game. We were still number four before the Louisville game. Why did, why did they wait? I truly thought they waited because, you know, had Georgia not lost to Alabama, I don't think we would be having this conversation. I think it would have been Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. You know, they were kind of hoping against hope that either an SEC team would make it or which presumably would have been Georgia or that uh, Florida State would lose one of its last two games. And, you know, what Florida State went to do, rivalry weekend, they went and won by the largest margin of victory out of any of those top six, seven teams, you know, they didn't need a Hail Mary to beat a six and six Auburn team. They didn't need a last second field goal like Washington did to beat Washington State. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, the defense steps up huge and in the ACC championship, we're playing a true freshman quarterback who just graduated high school eight months ago. So if you're going to use that narrative that Florida State is a different team without Jordan Travis, then then you can't use the Louisville game to represent our offense because we would have Tate Rodemaker back during the bowl games, during the hypothetical college football playoffs. And also a big piece uh, that doesn't get mentioned is Daryl Jackson, who was ineligible for the first part of the season until the bowl games. According to every report in fall practice, he was our best defensive tackle or best defensive lineman, period. And, you know, that's saying something when – you have a top 10, top 10, 15 pick in Jared Verse, 
on your defensive line. So all of these arguments that um, have been used against Florida State are a little inconsistent. Not only can they be argued against, but they could be applied to each other team that, you know, has made the playoff. Yeah, I think the main thing you – yeah, you kind of mentioned everything in terms of my thinking of it, of the most deserving versus the best. And one of the things I struggled with, obviously, if you put Texas in, you have to – or if if you put Alabama in, you have to put Texas in. But also, if you're saying the best four teams are in, I'd argue this Georgia team is is one of the best four. So then that argument doesn't even make sense. So then if you're not doing that, well, you should be putting the most deserving in, which you've done in the past, and Florida State should be there. So I, I like what they did. Personally, just because I'd rather see these matchups as a football fan. But that's not to say I don't feel for Florida State. I know, Jack, you obviously feel for Florida State and share most of the opinions Joe does. Yeah, no, I mean, Joe Joe said, has just said everything I've been saying for weeks. Uh, and, he, and he hit it spot on. If, if, Georgia, if Georgia didn't lose that game, we would not be having this conversation right now. It would be Georgia against Florida State. It would be uh, Washington and, and Michigan. I mean, it's it's that simple. We wouldn't even be talking about Bama or Texas up in there. Uh, and it's it's solely because Bama ended up beating Georgia and Texas has that tiebreaker over Bama. I mean, what were you going to do? Leave Bama out and, and put FSU in? Like, let's let's be realistic. You know the committee's not doing that. You know that, you know, Florida State's going to get the snub there. And I remember watching, you know, watching the Georgia-Bama game saying, if Bama wins this game, I think Florida State's going to catch the snub. And that's what happened, dude. It's terrible. You know I – you everybody that's been watching views knows my opinion on this. I don't need to get too much into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with Joe here. No doubt about it. They didn't pick the four best teams, and they uh, they didn't pick the four most deserving teams. And and if I could add just one more thing, um, Brian, you made a great point. How does Georgia, a team who hasn't lost a game in two years, drop from one to six? Yeah. If if the argument is that Florida State isn't as good without Jordan Travis, how do we how are we somehow ranked ahead of Georgia? You know, this this hasn't been a playoff. It's it's more of an invitational at this point. And if you know you're going to say it's between the best teams, well, I mean. Most experts thought Oregon was a better team than Washington to the extent that they were a nine-point favorite in the Pac-12 championship game. What happens? Washington wins. Most experts thought, you know, Georgia was a better team than Alabama. What happens? They played, you know, Bama wins. Sure, they may have got some questionable calls to help them out in the first half, but at the end of the day, they won the game, and I think that's what has to matter is that the games have to matter. And I think what the committee has done this year, and they're afforded to do that because we're expanding to 12 teams next year, but you're going to have that same argument between 11, 12, 13, and 14 next year, is that these games at the end of the day have to matter on the field. And, you know, these these hypothetical best teams, I mean, it's it's college football. Any team can win on any given Saturday. Yeah. Well, after all that, Matt, I know you are – you are ready to respond and <clears throat> say your piece here. So I will. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously Joe's well-versed on Florida State and college football in general. Uh, I'm more of an NFL guy, right? So I don't have all the stats and the this team should be in because of this or this team should be in because of that. I, I do judge it based on the quarterback, and they don't have the top guy. I know, Joe, you have your reasons to disagree. We don't have to get into 
uh, a whole rant about it because we already spent about 20 minutes on this question alone. But I like I like the matchups. You know, we're big Washington guys over here. I think Washington, Texas sets up for a lot of points and a fun matchup. And Michigan, Alabama is the two head coaches and controls that uh, headline narrative that, you know, drives pricing, money, views. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day, because it is a business. And the bigger it gets, the more money is involved. And that's unfortunately what you what, what the tail end of it is. The only thing I would say is Florida State, they did have an undefeated season and they did get snubbed. I'm not saying that they didn't, but I know there was also close games during the year to where like they weren't blowing teams out of the water left, right and center all year. I mean, if I remember correctly, didn't you guys almost lose the Boston College? Did they lose the Boston College? No. Did, 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 did Bama did Bama lose a game? Yes. Did Texas lose a game? Yeah, yes. I'm just saying. So like, it wasn't like Florida State was like winning by 50 and and running away Wait, with it every the, single every single game. As as Jameis Winston would say, bro, all we did this season was eat dubs. Sure, and absolutely. Did. Kind of add on to that too. That Boston College game. I mean, Florida State was up 31-10 in the fourth quarter, and it took a kind of fluke scoop and score and an onside kick for kind of Boston College to get back in that game. But Boston College never had the ball with an opportunity to go up and take the lead. So, sure, we had close games, but like Jack said, we won every single one of them. Alabama needed a Hail Mary at the end of the Alabama needed a Hail Mary at the end of the season to beat Auburn. You know, Washington needed a last second field goal to beat Washington State. Texas had a a terrible loss to Oklahoma, who maybe if they played in the Big 12 championship, they might have lost to them again. So, I, I mean, this happens throughout college football, and that's why it comes back to my point that these games have to matter. If you lose, you lose. If you win, you win. But uh, I think it is kind of time to jump on into the next question and next point because it's still related to this topic as, you know, we do jump into the 12-team playoff next year. Florida State would be taking on Liberty. Uh, and Georgia would be taking on Ole Miss. Liberty was undefeated as well. I mean, based on kind of your guys, a W's, a W's, a W, and a win, a win, a win, and Jameis Winston said this, that, and the third, shouldn't Liberty be in the top four? Bro. He's got a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me give it to you. Liberty aren't in the ACC. They're not in a Power Five conference, bro. They're not playing Clemson, who has a national championship. Well, Cincinnati wasn't either, but – what? So Cincinnati wasn't either, and they made the top four. But there weren't any other undefeated Power Five conference champions that year. So this yeah. is the first time a Power Five conference champion in the history of the college football playoff has ever been left out. And the funny point, so so Liberty does, you know, they do make it in as uh, I think they got the twelfth seed or yeah, they'd be like twelfth twelfth seed. So Boo Boo Corrigan, who is the head commissioner of the College Football Playoff Committee, they asked him that Sunday. They said, "Hey, you know why Liberty over SMU? SMU, if you're a college football guy, you know SMU is a better team than Liberty." Well, Boo Corrigan's answer is, "Well, the reason we chose Liberty over SMU is because they won every game. They went undefeated. Why does that standard apply for Liberty?" to get that 12th spot and not Florida state get the four spots. So I didn't Should have Florida state a lot of liberty in the top four. There, there's a <laughs> lot of inconsistencies in the uh, decision-making process and, and they're just setting up a precedent. I mean, it doesn't matter how many teams they're going to expand to there. You know, there's going to be an argument. It's always going to 12 and 13 next year. And yeah, it'll just, it'll be more watered down because the teams won't be as 
you know, right. You'll be usually fighting for like a couple lost teams and stuff. Exactly. Exactly. So I think this was the year they could afford to kind of switch up the narrative and just kind of blow the whole thing up. Look, Um, I, I said uh, to Brian earlier, I said, create the logistical nightmare and just fucking add an extra semifinal game or at, or give the teams a buy and just, expanded to six teams but obviously logistically that makes no sense and you can't do that late in the season but that would be fucking pretty awesome to say it would have worked out this year that's for sure yeah i mean it would have made sense this is the year where you really kind of want to see those last two teams get in because i know we talked about florida state getting snubbed but like and it's watered down to an extent for georgia because they lost that last game but like they kind of got snubbed too Ohio they, State, you could say Ohio State got snubbed too, dude. I right. mean, you lost one so, game all year, didn't didn't make it into the conference uh, against the now number one seed in the playoff, didn't make it into their conference final, and you know that's it. Uh, I mean, there's just you know you FSU has the bigger highlight because they're undefeated, and like you're saying, Joe, and you touched on Jack, the Power Five conference champion. I mean, that's that's yeah. that's the big kicker right there. Yeah. But and, and that's been the standard in the past. But I, you know. Honestly, candidly, um, if you are going by the best four teams this year, I think anyone who's who's watched college football throughout the season, you would have to say Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and then probably Alabama. But, you know, you can't have two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams playing each other. Well, so. the, the crazy part is in a hypothetical 12-team playoff, six-seeded Georgia is probably the betting favorite to win it all. Exactly. They'd is, be up there. Them, them, or, them or Bama. They were favored over Bama in the in the championship game. I mean, and then they yeah. lost. But yeah, like, but after after a loss, I mean, again, if this turns to twelve, let's say they t- turned it to twelve this year. Uh, after that, after those championship round games, you know, I would think that Bama, even though that they're in the four slot, uh, as far as the college football playoff goes, I still think that they're the betting favorites right now to win it all, aren't they? Yeah, maybe. Well, they're yeah. So if Florida State loses to Georgia, is all the they should have been in the Final Four like wiped out the window, or like no, what, fuck no, dude. The, what no. like what happened? And, I, and then, I'll tell like, you why. Is, and I'll tell you is, why. What it's is the opt outs. It's the opt outs. Okay. Um, coming into this game, dude. I mean, whether they be in the college football playoff or not, no Jordan Travis. We know that, but they are going to have their backup quarterback Tate Rodmaker for this one. He wasn't available in the ACC championship, but he's back for this one. But here's my point. Their leading running back, Trey Benson, opted out for this game. Leading receivers, uh, Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, and the tight end, Jaheim Bell, all opted out. Um, so Florida State's Jared. really not playing with the juice in this game. Jared versus as well, Jack. Sorry to interrupt, but, I mean, he's a top 10, top 15 pick on the defensive mm-hmm. line. He's opting out. Side. Fabian Lovett, defensive tackle, he's opting out. Um, it, it, this game's just been watered down and kind of rendered meaningless, which is what surprises me. I think we will see some more Georgia opt outs coming in the uh, in the next, next week couple or so. days. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, Matt, uh, you're, to your point, it's, it's it's tough to say that uh, if Florida State loses this game, that they the whole snub is a wash because they don't care. They already got snubbed. They don't care about this game. Right. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I asked that as a question, not as a point, but uh, it is, uh, it is something to, to consider, right? If, if they did make the final four, you know, those opt ups opt outs probably don't happen. Right. Like, I mean, all those guys are playing, they're going for the national championship, which is kind of funny too, because it's like, we talk about, well, like, why would you risk, you know, your NFL future 
but at the same time playing in those playoff games is also still taking that risk, is it not? I mean, yeah, but th at that point, it's any football it's game. Like a like, risk they're, they're playing thing. meaningful football games. Right, right, right. No, a, bowl game, a bowl game in South Florida doesn't really mean shit. Going to win a natty, bro, that's a whole right, other right, level. Right. But it's still, you know, I, I understand that, the meaningless and non-meaningless. But the risk factor is still there, yeah. course, regardless yeah. of meaningless or not meaningless. Same, same as right. any football game you play. Right. Well, that, yeah, I mean – yeah, I mean, in any big-time NFL star, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, they would just opt out of the rest of the season. Jaden Daniels, you know, after LSU got their second loss, he would have just opted out. But, that's yeah, they, it just kind of sucks because these are two great teams with such great rosters, and it's just kind of been watered down. So, um, if it was a playoff game, you know, nobody's sitting. Everyone's was it, like, at, was it like out of spite for Florida State? Like when they got snubbed by the committee, was it like next day everybody opted out? Or like how did those opt-outs come? It, it damn well could have been. No, it, I, I don't know. I, mean, it, I figured you guys might know it, since you guys It, it kind of – it trickled over the week. Um, You know, over the next week you kind of knew it was coming. And then, you know, you have a couple guys hit the transfer portal and – you know, it, it's hard. It's hard for those kids. You know, you're an 18 to 22 year old kid. You've done everything you've been asked to do. Then um, I was at that ACC championship game and, you know, experienced that jubilation and joy thinking, you know, hey, we're going to the playoffs. We've got it locked up. And then 12 hours later, it's a complete 180. So um, yeah. I think this game is going to be a huge testament to Mike Norvell's culture and the culture he's instilling at FSU, regardless of whatever players he's got on the field. Um, if they go out and put up a fight, you know, that's that's going to say something. I know we're a 14-point underdog, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, tough to beat a roster like Georgia's with the opt-outs because Georgia's been building, you know, they've had five stars for years and years, and Kirby's been right. putting up number one recruiting classes for years and years where Norvell's kind of more so relied on the transfer portal for guys like Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell, uh, Trey Benson coming from Oregon, so – it's a little bit different with our opt-outs. We don't have the depth that Georgia does, and I think that reflects in that 14-point line. But, uh, but yeah, no, um, I think uh, I think it sounds like FSU should still be extremely competitive on the defensive side of the ball. The offense obviously losing a little more uh, in those receivers and big play, big size receivers as well, which could could obviously hurt them as well. And, uh, you know, we haven't seen the opt-outs from Georgia yet, and I think it'll be even better – if Florida State wins this game and Georgia doesn't have the opt-outs and, and Florida State has these updates and they go and win this game. See, now as, you know, a third-party bystander where I, I really, again, this is not a shot at you guys, but I just don't care enough. Um, I do – I would think it was it would be hilarious if Florida State went out and won this game because do you want to do a big FU to the NCAA? Uh, that's one great way to fucking do it. Um, but yeah, either way, Florida State should be pretty solid on defense, it sounds like, and the offense will uh, you know, have some opt-outs, but we'll we'll uh we'll need to work through that. But you know, over on the Georgia side, like I kind of said, they haven't really called for the opt-outs yet. There's obviously still time for them to opt out. You'd think they want to do that. I don't know if that's a strategic strategy by uh the coaching staff, and they're gonna announce it you know, later on that these guys are opting out, but it seems like you would probably want to know who's playing and who's not. So you can game plan. Maybe they know behind closed doors and they're waiting to release that information. I don't know what's going on, but I do want to let Brian kind of address the Georgia as we know in real time at this point in time, who's playing, 
and, and what what Florida State, what the fans, what everybody should be expecting from Georgia uh, in this matchup. Yeah, I'll, I'll run through it quick because I know people have watched Georgia most of the year, um, most of the casual fans out there. So you guys know how much I love ESPN, FPI. If there's one saving grace for Florida State in this game with their lack of offensive firepower due to opt-outs, it's this Georgia team is 17th in defensive efficiency, where in the past they've been really high up. But they're not as good as years past. Florida State, by the way, fourth in that. But on the offense, you have Carson Beck, uh, Walmart, and Stetson Bennett pretty much does the same things, just a little bit worse. Uh, 3,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. The real firepower on this offense, the two-headed monster of Edwards and Milton, combined for 1,500 yards this year, 24 touchdowns. Milton's kind of that more uh, shake-and-bake guy where Edwards is going to get you those yards in the middle of the field. And then, obviously, you have the tight end, Brock Bowers. Uh, missed, a, missed a little time this year, was banged up in that SEC championship game. But by the time this game rolls around, he should be fine. Should still be that number one for Carson Beck. Uh, you still have Ladd McConkey, who's been there for about 15 years now. Don't know. He, he still has eligibility. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Dominic Lovett's kind of the deep threat down there. You saw him catch a big ball. And then I think he caught another pass that was not a catch, but they called it a catch in the SEC title game. So, yeah, besides that, UGA loaded on offense, not as good on defense anymore, but everyone's playing at least as of December 22nd when we're reporting this. So there's a reason they're favored by 14 and a half points. Yeah, and I think you kind of said it right there, right? Uh, they're, yeah. they're probably going to be the better team on paper going into it, and that's the way Vegas is always going to read a line, right, is, is to – see it favor that but yeah i mean honestly the last thing here is to get to the predictions right obviously it's going to be tough for florida i mean will it be tough for florida state to get up for this game after getting snubbed and having all the opt-outs i don't know um it is closer to their home than it is for georgia i guess so maybe the fans travel and like it's in state but i honestly really don't know how to read this one because it does suck you have a five or six matchup where I get it, the game's meaningless, but it still could be a highly competitive game if everybody plays. So the opt-outs do suck. Understand there's a lot of money on the line and on the table that millions and millions of dollars could get wiped away with one injury on one play. So I understand the background and the reason for it. But um, yeah, I honestly like, even to just prove that I'm not this anti-Florida State guy like uh, Brian and Jack tried to play me up as, I almost want to take Florida State money line because I'm even not a huge Georgia guy either. I, I think I hate Georgia more than I hate Florida State. And again, I don't hate Florida State, but I, I was a huge Jameis Winston guy. So I'm sure you can appreciate that. But uh, And Kelvin Benjamin. You want to tell me about Florida State history? I'll start pulling some shit out. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you know, I want to take Florida State, but again, all the opt-outs steer me the other way. And Georgia, this is a game where it seems like they'll still try just because Georgia tries for whatever reason all the time. So I'll stick with Georgia. I hate taking taking big spreads. You could probably maybe play the under here as well, just because Florida State's defense will still still probably be up for it and they don't have as many opt-outs. I, I really don't have a, an, any kind of angle for this game. I'd maybe take the under. I guess I'd take a stab on on Florida State to cover the big spread because it is a lot of points. Uh, you know, maybe Florida State plus 14 and a half, maybe the under. Uh, I don't really have a great read for this one. But, Brian, I'll jump it over to you. You can throw it to Jack, and Joe can finish us off with some predictions on how we see this playing out. Without further ado, Brian, let's see what you got, man. Yeah, so I, I came into this episode of Bullness with my mindset that I wasn't going to get swayed by anything said by Jack or Joe. 
and I was going to stick to my brain. And Georgia has the better roster. They don't have the opt-outs. They're, they're going to cover the spread. Just do not think with your heart. And then Joe said the football game should matter. And you know what? They fucking should. So these kids over at Florida State, I don't care who's playing. I don't care if you put Rudy back there transferring from Notre Dame since you can just transfer and play in the next week now in today's NCAA. I'm not going to do the tomahawk chop because I don't want great fans <laughs> clipping that during baseball season. But I will say... I would have been clipping that. <laughs> it been electric. I will say I am going to take Georgia on the under points scored because the Florida State defense, dare I say, holds them to under two scores. And Florida State's going to cover... I'm not going to take a money line, but I'm going to take them plus seven and a half. They're, they're going to lose by less than a touchdown. If and when lose. you say under right there, start. when you say under right there, is that Georgia's total points or under Georgia's the whole team game? total under. Although I also like – You got to get real under. weird with it. You can't just take the game under. <laughs> of course, Jack, of course. over to you, man. What the hell's happening in this game? Yeah, I mean, look, Brian's thinking the same way I am, and I'm betting – very similarly to, similarly to him, but I'm not getting weird with it, all right? <laughs> I'm going to take Florida State on the spread, plus 14 and a half, and I'm going to take the under. Uh, the game under is, for, at right now, 44 and a half. I'm taking the game under as well. Not getting fancy. Just give me give, give me the spread and give me the under. Joe, are you going to have a bias take here? Are you all in on Florida State, mm-hmm. or are you going to try and have uh, you know some, some more sense based on the information that we have available <laughs> and at hand? So, uh, as a degenerate sports investor myself, um, <laughs> you know, in, in our last decade, when we weren't as good, you would find me betting a lot against the Knolls. So, um, you will definitely get an unbiased opinion from me. Total sitting around 45. So, anytime you have a low total like that, and first, let me preface this by saying I don't advise anybody to bet on college bowl games, um, especially this one like it's just so hard to gauge the team's interest with opt-outs but if if you're giving me 14 and a half if I get that hook on 14 with a total that's it's not 45 it's 44 and a half last I checked so Mm -hmm. you know Vegas is kind of those those are some key numbers that you kind of have to look out for you know 45 Vegas is saying it's going to be a 31-17 type game, 31-24 type game, depending on who you think covers. I'm not going to play the game personally. Um, I do like Brian's pick. I think that is probably one of the more sharp ways to look at the game is taking Georgia's team total under because Florida State, I think if you want to be competitive in this game, you're going to want to limit possessions on Georgia's side of the ball, especially if Brock Bowers is going to play. You don't want that offense on the field. Um, you're going to try to drain clock, cause a couple turnovers and just hope you're in the game, you know, at, at the end of the fourth quarter. So I'd take Florida State plus 14 and a half. Um, I do think Mike Norvell has the team culture right, at least, you know, even though we do right. have the opt outs, these guys who are who are coming in, they finally get a, a chance to play in a big game against a big name team in a in an environment, I, I won't call the Orange Bowl a big environment, especially in this situation. But, you know, a lot of kids uh, living out their dreams. And and so I would definitely be on that 14 and a half for Florida State if I had to play the game. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And honestly, that was some great stuff, Joe. Obviously, nobody would doubt your Florida State credibility, man, because a lot of good stuff there. Did not think, uh, you know, you were going to come come with that much juice, man. I'd love to see it and would definitely love to have you on the pod hopefully with a video in the future 
um, because you seem like a very knowledgeable guy. So we appreciate all your insight uh, for that. You could provide, uh, you know, for hopping on the show. So appreciate you taking the time out of your Friday on a busy Christmas weekend to join us, talk some bowling with us, talk some Florida State with us. And uh, like I said, if an opportunity arises in the future, definitely would love to have you on when that comes around, man. Yeah, Matt, I appreciate it. Brian, pleasure. Jack, always a pleasure. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Would love to get on. Hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and we'll definitely do another show soon. Appreciate you coming on, man. I got nothing left. I got to run here. You boys close us out and we'll catch y'all in the next Bull Miss. I'm out. Peace. Tomorrow's Washington versus Texas preview, baby. Merry Christmas, fuckers. Great show, guys. Go Knowles and uh, fuck the committee. I'll end on that. <laughs>